Greetings and aloha. Welcome to another edition of the official Ronnie Landis podcast show. So happy and delighted that you decided to join us for another round. We are finishing up our interview series related to the COVID situation. However, at this point in time, I think it's very well aware to most of us that so many different layers and levels of let's just call it the situation, have transpired. I'm a little late in getting this episode and the next two episodes up on the podcast, so please forgive me for the delay. Um, But everything is in perfect timing. So this episode is very special. It's very dug down deep. I bring on one of my best friends and somebody who is just near and dear to my heart, His name is Elijah Ray, and this is officially the third interview that we've done in this entire podcast. If you go back to episode, it's it's in the it's in the hundred and fifty somewhere there, hundred and fifty two, three, something like that. We did a two hour episode. We dug deep into a lot of things going on, and that's how me and Elijah generally work. We go in bouts of conversations, audio messages. We get on phone calls for two to three hours, and we just unpack whatever investigations that we're going through. And him and me have a very interesting parallel in the research that we're getting into at particular times. So I'll hit him up, he'll hit me up. We'll dig down deep, and then that will usually come into a recorded conversation, such as this one. This really this really goes very deep. It goes deep into a lot of different things. I'm not even going to try to go into all the different bullet points. Just know that you are about to go on a ride, a ride into the nature of consciousness, a ride into multiple different perspectives on the quote-unquote situation, the lockdown, COVID, some of the other agendas, deceptive tools that have been thrust upon us, and we are decoding all of that. And also, there is a big theme around this idea of sense-making and really getting out of our head and getting into our instinct, getting into our sensibility in terms of how to navigate and decode what is going on and and also to make sense of it quite quite literally but not from a place of just pure intellectualism but from from a place of embodied instinct what is your instinct about what's going on right now where is your instinct because it is it's our instinct that can discern between truth and falsehood it's not just looking at articles and looking at youtube videos and listening to this person or that person and trying to get the facts together That's important, but it's also about activating primal instinct that allows you to navigate energetically through the minefield of all of the information that is being flung and has been flung in our direction over the last four months. And we are moving through some evolutionary transition turbulence. And me and Elijah dove really deep into that. So I'm really excited to finally get this up and allow everybody to listen to this. Before we jump into it, I also want to presence my sponsor. 
uh, one of my best friends as well, uh, Mr. Archer Love. He is the founder of a company called Now Alchemy. And Now Alchemy is an incredible superfood and herbal uh, nutraceutical company that produces incredible products that are designed for bio-optimization, neurological optimization, meaning optimizing your brain state, optimizing your brain chemistry, the state of your nervous system. One thing we know for sure, when we're dealing with massive confusion and we're dealing with fear and we have doubt and uncertainty, then it becomes very hard to critically think. So having products and having your nutritional protocol that allows your nervous system to self-regulate and allows you to self-soothe and get all the nutrients, all the minerals, all the, the micro-trace minerals, all the nutrients that you need to thrive as a biological human being in these physical bodies is essential. And that's why I love Now Alchemy. They produce absolutely incredible alchemical products and uh, just so much that can be said. I would really recommend that you check them out. Go to www.nowalchemy.com. Go through their list of products. Find what resonates with you. There's a lot of great products. There's a lot that they offer. So find what products really resonate with you and what your goals are and use the code human potential. The code is human potential, all one word. You're going to get a nice little discount. And if you feel so inclined, go on Instagram, reach out to Now Alchemy and let them know that you heard about their company from the Ronnie Landis podcast show. I know they would love to, to hear from you. And that would make their day. That would make my day as well. So again, the website is www.nowalchemy.com and the coupon code is human potential. So with that said, let's dive into our human potential with my dear brother, my dear friend and colleague, Mr. Elijah Ray. Greetings and aloha, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the official Ronnie Landis podcast show. And we have been going through an incredible series with our quote-unquote COVID-19 series. And um, what an incredible interview series this has been. We've uh, interviewed incredible thought leaders and geniuses from around the world, um, colleagues and friends of mine. And... Um, just incredible people like Coop Blackson, Michael Tessarian, Richard Rudd, Amareya Dreamseed, who's a, who's a close friend of ours as well. Um, who else did we have? And we had Jason Kristoff. We have David Wolf coming on for the fourth time soon. All um, incredible heroes in their own right, friends of mine and really heroes of mine. And I have another one of those individuals on right now, Mr. Elijah Ray. This will be officially the third interview that we've done in total in this podcast over the last five years that this podcast has been going, which is just crazy and amazing in of itself. We've been able to keep this thing going that long. And, uh, you know, you and I have, uh, we've had some interesting conversations over the last few years and, um, we're likely to drop into anywhere from an hour to a three and a half hour conversation, just going deep into a lot of, a lot of nooks and crannies of things that are both on the surface, on the periphery, and very, very much underneath 
the surface of most people's um, awareness or the, the, let's just say the areas that most people either don't want to look or just don't know how to look there. They don't know where to look otherwise known mm -hmm. as the shadows and the multidimensional multi-layered nature that that goes into. And, um, you know, we, we did a incredible two hour conversation. I want to say like probably like a year and a half ago. I think it was, it was, it transpired from a phone call that you and I got on, which turned into a three and a half hour call. And we just dove deep into many things. One of those things was this concept of the Watiko virus, the Watiko phenomenon, which um, is very near and dear to both of our hearts. That's actually one of the ways that you and I reconnected. And um, that's been a consistent theme that I think we've both been researching, tracking, um really really it's it, for me i think it's been an initiation and and that is what it is anyways right um so i think even though i'm bringing that up that's something i'm kind of throwing into the bucket here obviously i think it's um whether we get into that now or later it's 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 an overarching archetypal theme that i think will be helpful to contextualize or at least to give a voice to as we dive into what the heck is going on right now? That's, that's how I've been setting up a lot of these conversations because it's like we're all having a shared experience. We're all in a, in a particular phenomenon together, even though maybe we're having a different experience as a human being. Collectively, circumstantially, we're all kind of in the same boat in a sense. So, um, you know, those are a lot of things to think about. But First of all, just want to welcome you on. So grateful that we made the time to do this. And uh, how are you doing today? Thank you, brother. Aloha. I'm feeling great, Ronnie. I'm I'm really grateful to be to be honored to have this conversation at this time. To be able to have um, you know a clear mind, relatively um, you know a channel that is that is you know bringing as much clarity to this moment as possible is a, is a great honor and a, and a privilege, but of course takes a lot of work, as you know, uh, to maintain um, our, our clarity and coherence at a time of great confusion, such as the one we're in now. So I just wanna uh, give thanks, of course, for the, the ancestors and for those who are um, you know, hosting the invisible, the, the, the spiritual dimension, the energetic dimension, the emotional dimension, and on all of these different layers of, of experience that we are having and, and I think that what you said is really true that we're all having a shared experience a, a collective experience right now and yet it is profound to me that um, you can talk to 10 people and they will have 10 very different points of view points of reference to what is happening right now so just to and I love that you asked that question what the heck is going on it's it's interesting that we can actually have so many different perspectives and points of reference to a collective experience. So that places us in a really interesting opportunity to learn from each other. And those who I see are really thriving at this time are those who are open, uh, not only open-minded, but open-hearted uh, being the key to, to be able to navigate from a place uh, that is, um, clear in self but flexible and receptive that that's also can be called magnetism so i, I find the magnetic energies and those um, who are um, embodying magnetic qualities right now are thriving whereas those who are only plugged into the electrical circuitry the the the, the hissy sparky 
debates and, and just that that information war. Um, it is a this is the this is a first and foremost a virus of the mind that we're dealing with. So we need to be really clear about that. And I'd I'd love to, you know, honor your what you tossed into the pot. There is a very deep and ancient, um, uh, you know, uh, awareness is what it is to be aware of of this this mind virus you know which the native um first nations people of america is called watiko but we have you know it's been called every name in the book and you can't quite grab it or put your finger on it or point to it even because as soon as you do as you as you well know from studying it 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 will disappear into the folds of the matrix not unlike the agents uh from that that movie which was telling us a lot of a lot of truths hidden in plain sight there where anyone plugged into the matrix can become an agent. And if we just look at the symbol of that one thing, we could spend easily three hours just talking about the agent effect right now and the ways that um, the very good, well-intentioned people are inadvertently becoming agents of the matrix by trying to police information at a time where um, the age of transparency has begun. So you can't actually hold back truth at a time like this. And you, you can't mm-hmm. uh, pretend that any one person can, can guide it or shield others from it or try to manipulate it. But that's exactly what's happening is you have all this policing of information happening and uh, good luck with that. <laughs> yes. Very well said. And, <clears throat> and this is, I'm glad you said it that way, policing information, policing perspectives, and um, attempting to control a narrative, right? This is a very interesting thing that we both, we had a conversation about this the other day. Um, It's something both individually we've both looked at, we've both seen on social media in particular, and this is something that a lot of people are seeing, and it's not just relegated to the mainstream news, this is a very important thing, right? Because most of us kind of through our years in the different truth circles, you know, whether you got opened up through the dietary means that that happens for a lot of people, you get into cleansing, you get into uh, raw foods or that kind of thing. It opens you up, you clear up the pineal gland, you decalcify, you defluoridate your pineal gland, your consciousness opens up, you, you have these experiences, you get into different, you get into different alternative information. And one of the main things that all of us agree upon is that 99% of the mainstream news is most likely hijacked to put it nicely, right? So ultimately, what they're trying to do is control a narrative and they're consolidating fragments of information and guiding it through a storyline. They're guiding it through a particular narrative to take your consciousness on a train of thought, a track that they want it to go. And I think most of us can kind of understand that. However, as to what you pointed out, there are a lot of well-intentioned people, and I will give everyone that I feel has a sincere heart the the benefit of the doubt and just say well-intentioned people. However, Mm -hmm. the challenge is when you do have fragmented information, and let's not not be naive, everyone, everything that we're seeing is, is a fragmented piece of a bigger puzzle that I don't know if anyone has all the pieces to the puzzle. Even the people in the, the behind the stage on the front lines don't necessarily have all the pieces of the puzzle. Otherwise, this thing would have been resolved, right? This thing would have been cleared up and resolved and done, and we would have been moving on to the, net, the new world, right? 
Um, everybody's working with the information they, they have to create some kind of certainty. And I think it's very important to your point, not to get caught up in any one thought leader, any one person who seems highly intelligent or maybe is a brilliant mind. Um, I think mo most of us have that capability. However, the brilliant intellectual mind is very easily hijackable when you insert fear and, and paranoia. And all of a sudden, someone who's very well-intentioned could become somebody who also starts to become somewhat shameful, somewhat guilt, guilt, you know, pointing fingers or saying like, being a little more authoritative, let's say, right? Say, you know, whatever, we won't get into the whole thing. But, the, but ultimately, the point I'm trying to make here is just saying that we need to be aware of the narrative that's guiding the information because to me, and I want to get your take on this, Elijah, now that this is coming up. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I started having the insight that I'm looking at all these different conspiratorial things. I'm looking at the news. I'm looking at all these things. And it dawns on me, a lot of people have a lot of the same information. However, the information is going in different directions. So one person is taking the information in this direction. The other person's taking it in this direction. Say a, a Sasha Stone is someone we talk about. He has a particular narrative that's going in a, in a very optimistic place, I would say, ultimately. Then you have someone who's like very doom and gloom. Same information, more or less, but the direction is going in a very negative, hopeless type of place. And, and I watched a video and it, and it dawned on me, I got it. I was like, oh, okay, this is, this is the game. There's a bifurcation in the storyline in which the information's going. So in other words, we can't just rely on information. We have to be aware of the, narr the narrativizing of the information and what's the story in the dream spell that's being told and how is that affecting my consciousness? Mm, that's really, really wonderfully put, brother. Because at the end of the day, we, we have to, in a way, like pan back into a deeper understanding of all these layers that are, that are moving us. Where are we moving from, right? So the, if, if the information is coming to us on the screen, you know, you think of yourself as being um, inside of a, of a ship. Imagine that you are a captain of your own mothership right now which you very much are. Um, if, if you had your, your, your face glued to the screen, even against this device that you're, that you're, you're you know, experiencing this transmission from, for those of you who are listening. But likewise, for you and me, Ronnie, it's like if we were literally like pressing our face against the screen um, and just like only getting the information, we, we would have very little, um, you know, physical uh, emotional and and more importantly behavioral intelligence to draw from to bring into this conversation so this is kind of what I'm noticing happening across the board is that we, we have an information overload we have a lot of confusion as a result of that um, but you know really to, to to speak directly to your question there and to, to what you brought up the same information can be taken multiple different ways and I feel one of the reasons for that is, is based more on a very invisible and um, very overlooked area of study and mastery that um, as a species, um, I, I pray we, we, will, we will begin to lean into here through this, um, this pandemic. Um, may this be a catalyst to get us all to look deep, more deeply into 
uh, behavioral intelligence, as it's called, is this, this deeper kind of intelligence that is not information electrical based, but is more of a, um, a balanced electromagnetic kind of a feel that is generated from being heart-centered. So this heart-centered behaviors are um, an indicator to me when I look at um, something online, if I, if I watch a video or listen to somebody sharing their opinion, whether they be a doctor or a virologist or somebody that's on the news, you know, parroting some information that they're reading from a script or, you know, one of our thought leader friends or this anyone in the community that has something to share. What I look for is um, indicators that are more subtle, energetic rudders on the ship that that shows me and, and gives me some bio body feedback and, and energetic feedback. Is this person in their heart? Is this person centered in, in their experience to be able to speak from a place that is inclusive of their wholeness, of their, their experience and contributions to a wholeness paradigm? Because if it's not, if it's a fragmented uh, reactive response or even, um, you know, even worse, an interpretation of others' reactive responses that they heard on the internet, and they're just interpreting something that they heard, and then that person's interpreting their interpretation, and you can see how confusing this could get. So I, I do want to say that for those of you listening, um, to really search your heart at this time, and, and ask yourself the question before you speak, or even receive information, even this very conversation, check into where where is this person coming from? What does it feel like in my body? What does it feel like to, to my body when I receive or listen to this? And if it takes you out of your body and into a kind of a, a reactive or heightened anxious place, you may be well served to either pull back and come back to that speaker or that information or that source or that YouTube video another time. Um, check back in with it later. But anything that pulls us out of our body and out of our, uh, our, our heart-centeredness, um, I don't feel is going to be very useful or helpful in terms of creating and, and uh, seeking out the solutions that are needed at this time. So this, this could turn into a bit of a rant, but I just want to you know, keep it simple to say, I hear you, brother, and I feel that one of the main reasons for um, the confusion that we're seeing in the field has a lot more to do with behavioral intelligence than it does with wrong information. Because as you said, the, um, a piece of truth, a fact, could be placed on the table and all the cats could fight over it for scraps, you know, and the ones who got it are like, here it is, but it's all ripped to shreds. And they're like, I have the truth. But do you really have the truth if you had to get scrappy and debate and fight and actually lose yourself in the process of communicating that truth? So those who are living, um, you know, what, what we would call a love-centered life, those who are coming from a place of heart-centeredness as best as we can do, during these times are going to have um, a deeper ability to contribute something lasting and, um, and essential to the conversation, uh, which is why a lot of us tend to go pretty quiet when it gets so loud out here. Those of us who are... Uh, more attuned and sensitive to these these subtle, um, more heart-centered and behaviorally intelligent ways of being um, tend to watch and wait for openings where there is 
you know, a contribution that can be made that is, that is real because in a way you have waves and with, with this experience as with every other experience, whether it's a school shooting or whether it's the next promoted thing that everyone should be afraid about on the news or whether it, whatever the event is that we're as a community looking at, talking about, tweeting about, this is obviously, this is kind of the king of them all right now, right? The Corona, the crown, this is the ultimate, the ultimate portal through which we are to pass as a people, which is going to determine in a way where we are positioned on the wave. Um, and by that, I mean, this is a, a place and time where people are both revealing themselves, right? In the way that they're responding to this, they're revealing vib vibrationally where they're at in this moment. But also those who are, are seeing this moment as kind of like a dojo, as a, as a call to act to a call to mastery. Um, you know, perhaps those of you who are listening, maybe you can relate to this, that there's, there's a call in these times as well to find your place on the wave. Like if you're a surfer, you know very well that there's, there's a good place to be on that wave and there is a not good place to be on that wave. You know, you can spiritualize it all you want and say, oh, it's all perfect. Just got slammed into the coral again. It's all good. And it's like, no, actually, it's not all good for me. You know, I want to be in that sweet spot of the wave that is going to keep me, you know, flying down the tube effortlessly with a smile on, like, look, helping my brothers and sisters, like, hey, did you, did you get on that wave too? All right, we're, we're on this thing. It's a party wave. But to, to be positioned uh, into the correct place is, is I feel, one of the um, mechanisms of this, of this event. and. Um, yeah, so I'll, I'll pause there, but I did want to just share that I feel one of the most important and, um, and needed aspects of the conversation that's missing even from some of the, the most well-spoken uh, and intelligent uh, thought leaders right now is uh, something we would call behavioral intelligence. When we're ready to have that level of the conversation and actually examine behaviors um, and, and, and listen from a, from a point that is both... Um, valuing heart-centeredness in the way that we communicate and show up as leaders and as, as teachers, as friends, as family members, as workers. When we value this and put that at the core of our journey, we will have a very different kind of society emerge. Uh, but right now, where, where the value is, uh, from what I'm seeing, is um, you know, oftentimes on the loudest thing. And that's not always going to be mm -hmm. the truest thing. Right, right. Yeah, wading through the noise, the minutia, the frenetic kind of energy in the field. And, and what's interesting about that is that does appear to be what gets the most attention, like moths to a flame, right? It's like, where I was like, oh, where's that electrical stimulation, this immediate electrolytical burst of energy, which to, to I think the point that you're alluding to, which is like, that's all mind, right? The mind is electrical, the heart is magnetic. So you need this coherence of the mind and heart to create electromagnetism. That's where the power is. Otherwise, you just have these sparks of electricity. But that's not really an indication of that we're going in any particular direction. It's just almost random. Not in all cases, but in a lot of cases, if, if, the, if the mind is devoid of the heart, it's just a bunch of noise. It's just a bunch of stuff. But is that going to direct us through the forest or is that just another tree that we're going to bump into in other words are we so that's so what, what's coming through and this is like 
we need directionality. We need navigational skills. We need behavioral change, which is not just sense making, right? It's not just like, oh, I need better sense making to, to make sense of something that really doesn't make sense. Look, none of this really makes any sense from any logical yeah. good, perspective. Good luck with that. It, it will be millions and millions of years of making sense of something that is not meant to be made sense of. Mm-hmm. However, there, there is a validity to wanting to center ourselves within the experience. And that's a very different kind of way of putting it, of framing this, this torque mechanism that is a spin path home to, mm. to actually like to actually rehome ourselves to to find ourselves in the moment is, is a very necessary and an and actual a shamanic process um you know for 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 anyone to make to want to make sense of their journey is valid but to do that with the mind alone um uh, i guess futile would be the word <laughs> it's 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 it it will never lead to a, to a resting place that is true and lasting. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, I want to just speak to something you just you just mentioned, which is um, has a little bit to do with your your first question, which I think we can keep looping back around to because it's a really good question, which which is what the heck is going on here? Well, we have so many things going on all at once that it is literally impossible to wrap it all up in a nice bow. For you, right? Uh, for those of you listening, or for those of us, uh, myself included, and, and Ronnie, I know you well enough, brother, to know that there probably isn't a moment that goes by in the day where you're not pondering something, working on something, mastering something, uh, asking questions, inquiring deeper about things, um, or even, you know, it's like for me, if I have five minutes where I'm going to the bathroom, I put on a book on tape and have, I'm having Siri read me books or, or I'm, I'm listening to lectures on YouTube or I'm always learning something. Right. And, and so there's never a moment in the day where I'm not um, receptive and available. And there, you know, that being said, there's times uh, for contemplation where, where actually the, the heart has the word here in it. It also has the word art in it. Right. So there, there is a, a space of contemplating the art of, of life that the, that that magnetism in a way requires or asks of us. Uh, but this being said, I want to just name that something uh, my brother uh, Seven Bomar speaks to. Um, and I've heard of only a few other people speak about it in this way, which is why I just want to give a quick shout out before I share this, which is uh, the, this awareness of a level of the game that not many people are talking about right now. And we need to have this conversation. Um, is that there, there, is a, there is a dream that we're having, but there's a dream within a dream that we're having. And this is happening through the digital. This is happening through our social media. This is happening now. Um, large, larger and larger and larger amounts of data are being collected and driven. And um, uh, there's a, there's a, a computerized AI-driven sense-making process happening. So notice when the terminology starts to um, influence us as humans with each other and the way that we police information, call each other out on like, this is a very robotic and a very, um, uh, again, to use the analogy of the the agents in the matrix, right? It's a very agent thing to do to each other is try to police who's saying what, and that shouldn't be allowed. And we're going to, now YouTube's taking down videos of doctors and virologists who are, who 
40 years of experience and all of their data is, is they're just speaking from their experience. Hey, here's what we see in our clinics and this doesn't make any sense. And that's being deleted. So for seeing this happening in this, this digital uh, framework of the internet, um, what is that doing to, to our minds? Where, what layers of our consciousness are reflective of this, um, this mechanism that is playing out right now? And, um, and something I don't, I don't see a whole lot of people because frankly, we just don't have time or the energy or even the bandwidth to be able to be present with the vast nature of how many systems are automated by and in the hands of AI now, how much, you know, when, when a lot of these systems have been put into the blockchain and kind of get, been given free reign to start creating worlds of their own and language systems of their own, a lot of the developers of these systems, they, they are out of their control. Uh, in, you know, for quite some time now, so that we have like now systems running where even the the creators of those systems are like, whoa, we didn't expect it to do that, and we don't know how to even reel it back in. Just shut the whole thing off. But there's other levels um, in the nanotech world and in this the synthetic the synthetic viruses that have been developed that are this basically they are much bigger and much more vast of a problem than most people um, have the bandwidth to address. So um, as one of my points of study for the last four years now, um, as a just kind of a closet microbiologist, I've just been studying things under my microscope, you know, just like diving into, hey, let me look at things and collect data that I can see with my own eyes, that I can understand certain um, problems that we have as a planet. And one of those is certainly is this um, synthetic material that is being found everywhere and in everything that is now grown and is is has been um, recognized and admitted by by all of these agencies. Um, and one of the the issues that a lot of people are having is that they don't know if their thoughts are theirs. What do I mean by that? How how do we know if the thoughts that we're thinking are actually derived from from our own sense of self? Or did we, is it learned behavior or is it even projections or emanations of a kind of, in a way, think of our spines as like an antenna that is, that is designed as an etheric antenna to, to be able to uh, pick up the subtle frequencies of source, our, our higher self, our connection to source, our connection to the, the magnetic grid of the planet, and yet, um, due to the infestation and integration of, of nanomaterials, um, synthetic materials of all different kinds, including synthetic viruses, um, heavy metals and toxins in, in our environment, you know, down the list, we, could, we don't need to unpack it all. But basically, um, the weaponization of the biosphere has gotten to a point where we are now um, so integrated with many of these silent technologies such as nanotech and such as synthetic viruses that people are, are not even aware of where they are speaking from because they're already plugged into this thing. So I know this can be an alarming thing to put our attention on, but it needs to be spoken about because we do have a situation where a lot of our thought leaders are um, unknowingly starting to to become agents because of just the very nature that we're all carrying 
this infrastructure inside of us. And it's very, as you said at the beginning of this conversation, it's easily hijackable. And so um, where all of this leads me as, as, a, as a heart-centered man that just wants to make the world a brighter place, I just want to sing for you guys and, and bring communities together and build a new earth, right? Um, do what we came here to do. But it's become in a way necessary to to understand what is happening in the other 180 degrees of the sphere, so to speak, what happens at nighttime, what happens, um, you know, behind the veil of those who are um, sleeping and little do they know things are being introduced into the biosphere and into the air supply and into the food supply, into the water supply. And, and most of the, what I would say, the conscious crew, the communities who are, who are gathering together, talking about things, wanting to better their health and better the planet and, you know, all the, my entrepreneur friends and, you know, the thought leaders and the, every, all the well-meaning individuals around the world, the band of light, we could call them, right? Um, one of the things that, that continues to elude us is that we start going down a track. We're like, oh, I, we're onto something here. We're going to, let's build this out. Let's create this new system and we're going to do this. And, and yet without addressing the infrastructure that has grown into the very garden of your body, into your mind, into um, just about every single facet of the biosphere is affected by this weaponization that has taken place. And, and I, I, I think there's enough information out there for those of you to research that. I would definitely recommend uh, listening to the tribunal meetings, which we did um, speak about a little bit at the beginning of this call. Um, you know, the Judicial Commission of Inquiry into the Weaponization of the Biosphere and um, the International Tribunal for Natural Justice. These are, these are really important conversations being held right now that for those of you who are curious to go a little bit deeper into what I just glossed over really briefly, please go listen to those conversations and educate yourself with the degree at which there is an admitted weaponization of the biosphere. Um, one example of this that I feel is really relevant to our times um, that I found even, I, could, I have not really been present with it as much recently because of just all of this new flood of um, information and awareness that's been needed since, the, since this, this closure of the world happened. Um, but one of those is the fact that the, the weather systems of the world are all automated at this point. Most people don't realize this. Most people have n don't even include in their day a single thought that the weather that's happening over your city is being run likely at this point by a computer system or at least an automated system that includes nanotechnologies in the, in the air um, that include all kinds of um, really uh, harmful and hurtful uh, processes um, in the same way that I like to humanize it by thinking about mm. how horrible it is for anyone to to manipulate a, a child or harm a child or um, or um, do something wrongful and hurtful to a woman you know against her will like rape and, and, and violence and, and all of these these horrible things that we would never condone right I, I, my inner protector comes to just like grab my sword when I feel harm being done to the innocent. And in a way, that kind of harm is being done uh, to, our, our, to our biosphere uh, through the weaponization of the weather. Um, 
And, and that, that's just one thing, you know, in, in about 128 degrees of other things that are happening right now that are, um, have created systemic control over life itself. And this is really the conversation that we need to be having, which is not what policies are going into place and not what, who's, who's right and who's wrong and who's a, sh who's a shill and this person's, and, you know, all of that is, is actually a, a real distraction from, from the deeper um, infrastructure that we need to address and the place that we need to address it is within. So I know I, this is quite a rant, but I do want to just share that um, my, my focus and my prayer for these times is that we take care of our own plot of land, mm -hmm. which is right here. That we, we, we really, um, you know, take a, a sober and, and, um, and profoundly clear gaze into the very cells of our body, into the, into the processes and systems that we are responsible to steward in a good way on this planet. And then, you know, you take that outwardly. It's like, okay, well, what's the state of, my, of the space that I'm in, the, the, the state of uh, my relations that I'm connected to throughout my day? And so then you can kind of just get a sense of this local universe that you are responsible for. Beyond that, it actually does not matter mm. who's, mm -hmm. who's right, who's wrong, mm -hmm. who's speaking what information, who, you know, if something is rising up in you like a keyboard warrior to say, that's wrong, and I heard this, then you, you've lost the plot. You've lost it already. You, you, yeah. you left the one post that you're responsible for, which is your own heart-centered mm -hmm. behaviors. Mm -hmm. And if, you, mm -hmm. if we could kind of come back to that and, and power up from this place, like the Power Rangers style, put our rings together, but from a place that is truly <laughs> centered, that's it, brother. Um, you know, then we, then we can get somewhere where we can actually have a real conversation. Until that time, a lot of us are just taking care of our plot, making good contributions to our local community, silently doing the work, yeah. Yeah. but not have a lot to say because it's a little noisy out there. If we're, it, you know, until we come from a place where we can actually be accountable and trustable as pillars of light, mm -hmm. um, then we're, we're still in the goo phase of the caterpillar, so to speak, yeah, that has yeah, gone yeah. into the chrysalis, <clears throat> turned to goo, and it hasn't quite formed itself yet. But those imaginal cells, and I'm speaking to you right now, if you're listening to this, as imaginal cells, it is your duty only to be true to your vision. And if you see and feel and are clear about the truth and the vision of your soul, it is your only job to maintain, protect, and, and, and be a good gardener, a good guardian of your plot of land, which is, which is in here. And from that place, we can share information, we can share knowledge, we can share resources, we can be like, mm -hmm. hey, I'm seeing this from over here, what are you seeing? And then we, yeah. can, we can help each other fill in the gaps of this larger structure. Um, but, but we need to get real about the other influencers um, in the structure. And many of those are silent um, and now even to the point of, of being in, with, with the nanotechnologies that have played out, there, there's a vast amount of mind control and hijacking happening um, that is kind of trying to grab the wheel of our, our brain systems, our nervous, uh, nervous systems, our cognitive abilities. And you're seeing this across the board. You can just kind of you can tell when somebody's been hijacked and it's, it's saddening, but it is um, imperative that we start to have this conversation so we can track it and regain 
full spherical access to our mm. ship, to our body, to our mind, and make sure that it's truly source that's looking out of these eyes, not some AI program mm -hmm. that is just trying to, you know, drive humanity for its, its own purposes of control and, and uh, just turning us into slaves. That's not what we're here for. So <laughs> as imaginal selves, mm -hmm. you know, let's get real. Take mm -hmm. care of this ship. Make sure that it's you that's actually looking out of your eyes and speaking. Make sure it's the presence that is moving through you and directing your steps and navigating through your day. And, and how can you be sure of that? You have to be absolutely present. Um, so um, yeah. I'll mm -hmm. leave it at that. That, that. There's so many things you spoke to and so many really important things you brought up. This thing of nanotechnology, <clears throat> that, that is a, a super important topic. And that's also a topic that you and I went deep into in the last interview that we did together. So if anyone is interested in that, there's a lot of resources on the internet, but we had a great two hour conversation that went deep into that. So just scroll through the podcast kind of interview repository and find that it's like episode 160 something. So you'll, you'll, you'll find it there. Mm -hmm. um, what I, there's two things I think that, that just came up, but one thing that's on the tip of my mind and you just spoke to it, which is, you know, I, I, so for the most of my, for the last decade, most of my message has really been about taking full agency and autonomy over your life through your own body, right? The one thing you have total control of is A, your attitude, right? Victor Frankl said in his book, Man's Last Search for, or Man's Search for Meaning, the, the last great human freedoms is the ability to choose your attitude independent of the circumstance. So it's really your attitude, but then what comes after your attitude is the behavior change, like you said earlier in the conversation. And to me, like empowering yourself through your health, your physical vessel, your holy temple, your vehicle that houses your soul and your consciousness or your body's house and your soul, how it, whatever we'll get in, get in particulars. You get the point, right? Your body is the mm -hmm. one thing in this human experience that you, that's yours, right? Right. This is my, this is my ship. This is the thing that I have complete control over. So I better take care of it. And it has diminishing returns if I do not take care of it. And it also affects mm -hmm. my consciousness. It, it affects my mind the things that I put in my mouth and how I treat my body. And if I get movement or enough movement and fitness exercise, exercising or not vitamin D from the sun or not, that affects my thought process. That affects my, the, the autonomy or agency that I have consciously over my own being. And if I'm not taking care of myself and I'm focusing on trying to attend to the, the responsibilities of people outside of me, i.e. trying to take care of someone else's garden or tell somebody else how to garden their garden, but I'm not gardening mine, then the weeds are going to pop up. Those weeds are there. And it's just, it takes just, it, it, what am I trying to say? It takes more than enough effort to try to keep hold of my weeds that I got to deal with in my garden i.e. the negative thoughts, the persistent negativity and the pessimism and the, the cynicism that easily props up in the garden of the mind. So we got to stay guard at the gateway of our mind and take full responsibility for ourselves, right? This is the thing I, I've just, I keep coming back to this and I'm glad you spoke to it because you know how projection works. We were talking about the Watiko before. It's always trying to point fingers outside of it to keep it away from it, keep it undetectable, right? Same thing with a parasite. 
It's always trying to stimulate chemicals in the body. So the immune system goes on a wild goose chase. And yet the parasites over here, rewiring RNA and DNA and cells and stripping your body of whatever nutrients, whatever it's doing until the body ends up becoming uh, parasitized, it becomes pirated. And then it's too late. The immune system becomes super weak. Well, I would just recommend that you, you apply that analogy to the psychic immune system, right? Having psychic immune, maybe that's where, that's why this is coming up. So I'll kind of lead it in this direction, get your take on this psychic Mm. immunity, you know, like, so the, so the whole thing out there is right. It's about your immune system. Everyone's like, okay, you know, there's one story, which is the vaccine story. I think it's safe to say that most people in our camp are adverse to that, to say the least. So then there's the, the alternative health conversation, which is, okay, you got to build up your, your, white, your white blood cells. You got to build up your immune system, vitamin C and all these B vitamins and healthy nutrition. Okay, that's cool. That's great. Um, however, in my opinion, I don't think this is about your physical immune system. Obviously, you need to empower your immune system. However, I think this is much more about your psychic immune system more than anything. Um, and I, we spoke to this, and I'm just going to hammer this one more time, which is we're dealing, we're dealing with the, the path. Well, I didn't say it this way, but we're dealing with the pathology of fear, right? You can't be mind-controlled or pirated, parasitized, if you are not indoctrinated or inoculated with the viral infection of fear. And that's a whole thing in of itself, the science of the immune system and psychoneuroimmunology and how, how fear directly cripples your physical immune system. I'll digress mm. from that and hand this over to you and just kind of get your take on everything I just said, but particularly this mm. topic of psychic immunity. Yeah, beautiful. Thank you. I love, I love that, that phrase, psychic immunity. But what it invokes for me is, is that there's a quality of presence that really trumps all the other experiences that we could be having in the moment. Which is to say, if you are sourced, if, 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 if we make a conscious choosing to, just like we did before this call, right? Before we hopped on, we're like, hey, let's take a few deep breaths together. Let's make a tone home together. We actually ground it into our bodies with a sound. If, if every um, great meeting of world leaders, of, of those of you um, out there who are part of different kinds of councils and uh, think tanks and brainstorms and, um, and you know, solution finding, uh, systems builders, you know, those uh, pioneers and imagineers of the, the new systems and the new earth. It is very important, and I so rarely see this, that, um, that you know, those kinds of conversations take the time to pause and to invoke the presence before going, you know, because that's, that's how things get this overly electrical, as we say, you know, where... Um, without taking the time to actually ground into the into the 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 core you know the core of the the resonating chamber where are we sourcing from without that everything is relatively hijackable right because now we are it's the difference between you know putting your your starts into a a little pool of water as opposed to this to the earth right there's 
they, it needs something to ground into, to root into. So in this concept of psychic immunity, um, I, I've, I've pondered and explored and navigated and researched for um, about 16 years now in this area of psychic immunity. I wouldn't have called it that. I, I have been navigating and exploring and studying and researching with from both from teachers around the planet, you know, sitting at the feet of, you know, the Kyoto people and the high Andes and the, you know, the Aboriginal, the, you know, just learning from a lot of the, the, the indigenous rooted wisdom streams, but then also learning from, um, you know, experts in different fields of, um, you know, technology and, and, uh, and nanotechnology and, uh, you know, uh, Th those those hackers and those innovators in, in all the different fields of, of wanting to push the, the, the levels of consciousness. I learned from everybody. I learned from you, brother. I learned I learned from everyone I speak to. I, I listen and I, I hear the music of their soul and, and what they're bringing forth and wh where where is their front edge. And I learned from that because in a way that's how we put this whole flower of life together is by be, becoming whole, whole, occupied, spherical, sound beings that are dependable to hold a frequency or a note like in a orchestra can you hold your note even if the one next to you is really loud and the one next to you over here is really loud and they're different notes can you still hold your note that is that is required of, of what it means to be in co-creation as a symphonic consciousness um, that we truly are as a community mm -hmm, as a species mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but most people um, we, we're not given the tools to learn that way. So we hear somebody singing really loud over here and we either react to it and go, that's not the right note. This is the right note. And, you, and we're trying to get each other to, to, to conform yeah. to the note we think they should sing, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Or if it's dissonant and out of tune, we go into judgment about how out of tune they are and they need to tune up their thing. And rather than supporting each other to, to, Remember that our our note is found through presence, through centered heart-centered behaviors, through a, a very simple act of living a love-centered life. And it, it seems so so simple that we would overlook it and think there's more to talk about, but there's really not. It's really not. You know, it's, it's, I think this concept of psychic immunity stems from from living a love-centered life. Stems uh -huh. from. Uh -huh. Yep. Um, being moving from a heart-centered place, which it immediately kind of clicks us in to the currents, not unlike the, the giant currents underneath the ocean. For those of you who have ever, you know, explored as a diet, free diving and, you know, get out there and swim in the ocean and you'll realize there's all kinds of currents. And if you've ever been caught in a rip, you know, current, which I have a few times, you quickly learn that if you get into a current, it's more powerful than you. So, so you, you want to, you know, understand that when we, when we connect to the currents of source, to the currents of, of the, the creator, to, to the currents of, of what truly does inspire thoughts, what truly does inspire helpful contributions to the whole that have the whole in mind, it, it would make sense that to come from a place of wholeness is going to contribute to wholeness to come from a place of uh, being connected to the creator is gonna be the most creative thing we can do to help inspire creative solutions for things. It, it does seem obvious when you say it like that, 
but it seems to elude even our most intelligent thought leaders out there right now because we're yeah. finding very, very um, complex and over uh, just like very the robotic. most complex ways to try to break down and speak to and debunk and, and put added information on top of these mountains when, <laughs> when it's actually a simplifying. Yeah, uh, yeah, so yeah, you, you yeah, see yeah, two yeah. directions happening right now, um, yeah. and I'll, 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 I'll complete it with this thought, which is you see the, uh, a very um, electrically driven, heated, sparky, you know, that you could feel it as soon as I start talking about it, you feel it because it's in there. It's in all yeah. of us. It's, it's, it's like it's a charge, right? It's like a trigger it's charge a charge. kind of energy. Yeah. So that charge is seeking mm -hmm. itself. It's like an electrical circuit. It, it needs to plug in to other ones and, and spark and, and stay connected to this grid of electrical control. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Do not be controlled by this electrical current. Instead, ground it, breathe into it, and invite it into the fertile soil of your magnetic portal, which is your heart, which is your throne, which is the seat of the soul, which is the only place you can actually navigate and discern all the aspects of the spherical experience that you're actually having right now, which includes uh -huh. not just what you're feeling as passing feelings. I got feelings about that. No, not that's one layer. <laughs> and there's another layer. There's, there's, there's an actual like bioenergetic informational um, navigational compass that we are all installed with. There's, there's very, very subtle energetic layers of sensitivity all the way to the psychic um, is one bandwidth of that as mm, you're speaking mm -hmm, to. So, mm -hmm. so again, we kind of need to think holistically when we talk about anything, yes. we, you know, you can't really talk about anything without talking about everything. And so, and yet in mm, that one mm. thing that you pointed out, this, this awareness of what it means to be, um, uh, what was the word you used, you used again? It was it was yeah. it was psychic immunity, but I think it's really it, another another word you could you could think of Elijah is fortification, right? right. How do we stay fortified holistically? Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yeah. So again, if we're speaking to one thing, whether it be psychic immunity or fortification, whether it be energetic, whether it be physical, whether it be mental. No, oh, I want to be mentally immune to all the bullshit and I want to just stay in my channel. Yeah. Whatever, whatever point of reference or, or part of the, the overall spherical organism that you are, that you want to fortify, mm -hmm. it all comes back to the center. Yeah. Yeah. Where are we coming from? Where are we moving from? And where are we sourced? And in a way, I think of it again as like, are, is your soul seated in the throne of your mm -hmm. heart? Mm. That is the only place you can drive your whole ship. Otherwise, you're, you're just, you're obsessed with the screen. Your, your hands are against it. You're pushed against it. And you're, you're trying to like, ah, more more information. But, but from the seat, you, you actually have your hands on the controls. You can, you can, you can navigate and, and understand a much larger uh, and holistic um, body of mm. information and, and input. Um, from from your spherical uh, perspective. So again, yeah. I, I I teach and think and speak and 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 help create spaces for for us to start to move towards spherical awareness, spherical technologies, and and getting into this kind of a mindset is I I feel a good indicator that we're we're ready to have a deeper level to the conversation now. Mm. 
Yeah, I, I agree. And um, I appreciate that. And, and, and it's obviously all very interconnected. I, I know that better than most, just given the work that I do. It's, it's holistic health. It's not fragmented health or individuated health or this thing or that thing. It's, it's all in integration and coalition of, of a systematic approach that also is organic and loose in nature. What I mean by that and, and where this is relevant, I think, is developing routines is, first of all, just, just simple as, as simple as it gets. Developing routines for sanity and directionality mm -hmm. right now is so critically important. We have to have routines. We have to have some kind of predictable, habitual um, practices that lead us in a positive direction that are progressive, mm -hmm. but are also tangible, that take us mm -hmm. somewhere that we haven't been, but are also something that are reliable, that are based on you know things that we can trust, that we, we I've been here, in other words. And if I keep mm -hmm. doing this, it might take me in a new experience there's levels there's octaves just like as you know as a musician it's the same exact thing it's like i can keep writing this note and then it's going to unpack something and then there's another kind of layer of a, a novel experience so i think that's an interesting mm. that's an interesting kind of like thing you know having predictable routines and also using that as a way to or whether it's using that or not also having novelty within the most predictable thing, which is like, hey, I'm locked down. I'm in quarantine. That's, that's like very predictable. And, you br and I'm, br I'm bringing this up, I think, because I'm also drawing from my own experience of like noticing that I've also, I've also gotten in a little too much into the virtual interface. I've also found mm -hmm. myself scrolling all over YouTube looking for that next piece of information and that next yeah. thing. And then I'm, I'm like waking, waking up out of the dream spell. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? Like, you, like meditate, like you're in Sedona, go, go for it, go for the fifth hike today. I don't know, do something else right. like yeah. other than this when it's not, mm -hmm. when it's like, it's getting in that, that kind of like numbing zone. So that's interesting. So this is interesting. The numbification mm -hmm. that can happen in a time like this and maybe happening for a lot of people. In other words, staying centered in your heart as a way to to maintain um geez where, where where are the word the words i'm looking for the um what i'm trying to say elijah and i think you you feel me hopefully so everyone that's watching just pause with me for a second because this is going somewhere i did mention directionality um where i'm going with this is like what I observe and what I realize is that it is so easy to go into numbing patterns and coping mechanisms to kind of gloss over whatever the emotional content is, whatever the, whatever the thing is, call it what you will, um, the sensitivity, right? And it's very easy to go into the mind, the electrolytical impulses of the mind and going into information overload as a way to, as a way to numb the impulses of the heart, right? And you speak so, so like just eloquently and accurately about the heart and the need to get back to center because the answers aren't going to be found up here, right? They, and, and I don't even know if we need any answers because this is where I'm going to take this conversation. I'm going to hand it back to you. Um, thanks for entertaining me here. Um, do we really need 
answers. And if we do need answers, do we even know what the question is, right? The question that started this interview was, what the heck is going on? And that spawned a whole bunch of different things that we're, that we're, we're talking about. And I think it's a really interesting perspective to start positioning ourselves holographically on a cosmic chessboard and to start getting a reference point for what position on the chessboard am I realistically? Not out there, not in my dream space, not in my superhero fantasies or whatever, but literally in my reality, what position am I actually positioned for? And I would say for most of us, we are in a position where the most important thing is just to take care of ourselves, to take care of our family, our, our partnership, uh, children. If, you're, if you have children, your immediate surroundings, your immediate obligations, and maybe not focus obsessively, obsessively about the world out there, especially if you're not on the front lines of that particular chessboard. And when I say that chessboard, I might be referring to certain topics like QAnon or the rebellion or whatever you think that it, whatever that is, I don't even know, whatever that is, let's just say the, 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 um, the, the forces that be that are in opposition to the powers that be, we all know what that is, I hope. Um, where are we standing on the chessboard and what can we realistically do to empower not only ourselves, but to empower everyone else? Is it empowering to go onto the internet and to be flinging? I'm not saying don't, don't, don't. I'm obvious. I would be a hypocrite if I said, do not put information out there. Do not put your perspective out there. Do not put, you know, videos out there. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is what you were saying earlier is what is the energy that you're putting out there and how, and how necessary is it to excessively, you know, kind of um, uh, go down that, whatever that, uh, that track, mm -hmm. you know, you get, you get where I'm going with this. So obviously I've thrown out a number of hopefully coherently enough thoughts um, there's a, there's a lot coming up in this conversation, but, um, I'll, I'll, I'll pause here. I'll hand it to you and, um, yeah, I'll let you take it from there. You, you spoke to some really brilliant points there, Ronnie. And I, as you allowed yourself to navigate through them, you, you. you actually, um, you raised some really important questions. <clears throat> a few of them. Um, I'd like to track a few of them, but the, the, the first piece that I want to speak to has to do with the asking of questions, right? This, this searching for answers, as you called it. And um, do you ask the question, I think the way you put it was, do we really need answers? Do we need answers? And if so, are we asking the right questions? I, I've, I feel to just celebrate that you asked that question because that is the right question. <laughs> to, to, to question, are we asking the right questions, is the right question to ask right now. And that, the reason I, um, I feel particularly joyful about the fact that you raised that is, um, is because it threads into this awareness that we've been leaning into a bit through this conversation, which is, are your thoughts your own thoughts? How do we know uh, if the lines of inquiry that we're currently taking as a species are 
coming from a place of being guided by the wholeness navigator, if you will, by the, by the truest part of ourselves, by our soul, by our, you know, by the, our, our energy, our heart, our, even, even our mind's desire to know, is that, is it coming from a place that is true or, or have we been um, given certain narratives to follow? Not unlike mice who have been placed into a bit of a labyrinth and are taught to go find the cheese at the end of it. And they think they're really, they feel really good because they got the cheese, but they didn't realize the entire labyrinth was created for them. Uh, and the very pathways that they were given were pre-programmed pathways. I think this is a really important question to ask and to ponder in, in each of us as we have um, unknowingly, um, whether we're comfortable with this notion or not, uh, the writing is on the wall. All the all of the the papers are declassified to the point where we could we could look into MK Ultra programs. We could look into all of the structures of of uh, mind control um, innovations and technologies that have had billions and billions and billions of dollars of funding and research and time to be developed to a point where there is a silent war happening. Um, so, uh, for those of you who are, um, uh, you know, in inquirers of truth, if you have not read the paper entitled "Silent Weapons for Quiet Wars," I highly recommend that you do. Just to just to to glimpse into the scope at which many of these programs have been well thought out and, and planned before we we were even born, right? Many of us before we even arrived on the scene, um, we were born into something. We were born into a structure. The structure is a matrix. A matrix is a womb, ma, matter, magnetic, math, ma, matrix. This, this, this is all the same word, but there's now there's like a, a, a fake matrix, if you will. There's this dream within a dream, this digital matrix that has been created and installed in the infrastructure uh, using, again, dirty electricity, fallen L, for those of you who are, who are hip to the, the layers of this thing, you know about the L, you know about the Elohim, you know about the angels, L. Look at that word, L. At the root of L, track it throughout, throughout your language. Just go do an instant track everywhere that L shows up. And you will be led back to the light, the electrical currents, electricity, L. Even eel, what's an eel? If you hold an eel, you will get shocked because L, uh, as a root, is, is a... Um, an actual fire letter in, that's encoded uh, to, to, to represent the light, the, word, the letter L, right? If you add L to a word, you get a world. So if you add light to sound, you create worlds. So we're in a world right now that has been um, created through um, the light of the fallen L. That's where we are. We're, we're interacting through uh, technology right now. We're interacting through technologies that require electricity. They require us to plug them into the wall or else they won't work and we won't, we won't be able to actually see each other through the screen that we're using. However, if all the electricity went off right now, let's say the L gets shut down, right? The fallen L. Let's say their whole grids get shut down right now. What would happen? Well, we'd look around like, wow, I guess... No more screen time today. I guess I'll have to go water my, my plants or put some starts in or talk to my neighbor or connect to other human beings. And then all of a sudden we become much more aware of this magnetic 
grid, this earth, this, the actual matrix is what I'm trying to get at here. The ma, the mother, is the actual matrix. She is the womb. She, she's, she's the life giver, right? And yet this electrical field and this technological structure that is now, um, you know, been given uh, access to our nervous systems and our brain functions through nanotechnologies and the like, we have now an, an, a very interesting predicament, which is um, the, the, the battleground has been taken inside of our very bodies, inside of our very brain functions, inside of our very minds. So remember that scene in The Matrix where um, the Agent Smith figures out a way to actually pour in and get over into the real world through that one guy, I forget his name, but remember how he like, he figures out a way to pick up the phone and he goes through it and then he, he kind of gets into one of the dudes in Zion, right? So remember this, this symbol of this consciousness, this AI consciousness, this technological, um, you know, call it whatever we will, this distortion, right? That's, that's seeking to, um, you know, uh, it's seeking singularity. It's seeking to plug humans into robots. It's, it, if you watch a, any lecture by Elon Musk or in, any of the innovators of D-Wave, quantum computers, um, and, and, and AI, you know, based um, self-organizing structures, you see this, this, this thread, this theme of preparing humans to get used to the idea of being plugged into robots. Let's just get real. This is what, this is what, is happening is what many of the leaders are speaking about. I do not consent to this personally. I'm a human being. I'm from way back in Zion. I'm, I'm of the flesh and I am here to be, you know, my soul and my body are driving. I do not need to plug into a robot to experience the next level of evolution. It's not, it's not what's happening here. However, there is a symbiotic relationship we can have certainly with t technology in a healthy way, but, but we, we've not been given consent or choice to determine to which degree we are choosing to participate. We did not consent to nanotechnology being sprayed across the planet. We did not consent to synthetic viruses being sprayed into us, injected into us, injected into our food, injected into the water supply. We did not ask for this, vote for this, or choose this, did we? I don't know, maybe I missed the memo. I didn't, I didn't choose it. So I didn't, I didn't have everybody come up to me like, yo, hey, Elijah, on behalf of the rest of humanity, are you good with us going ahead and put fluoride in your water since the time you were a baby and going ahead and just like calcifying your pineal gland? Is that all right with you? Like, we didn't get the memo on that. They, they, they're just doing this to the population because, again, we're a farm to them. To this, to this robotic-driven mindset, it, it dehumanizes our ability to feel. And that's why, again, the, the answer lies in behavioral intelligence. The answers lie in where we're sourced from. If we're, if we're living a love-centered life and we're literally centered in our heart as we navigate and address and speak to and counsel about and find solutions for this range of issues that we're facing as a people, from that place, we can get there together. From the, from the robotic uh, mind that is being um, you know, driven toward more and more electrical modes of being. And I know we're simplifying this into this talk of electro, electricity and magnetism, but that, that is really the, the distilled wisdom of all of the, the ages could be distilled down into these two fundamental um, codes 
in a way, is, is the understanding of magnetism and electricity. So if, if for those of you who are seekers of truth, if you were to distill all of the uh, wisdom of the ages, all the books, all the wisdom paths, all the teachings, all the Vedics, all the, the Egyptian, the Book of the Dead, all the shadow materials, all the conspiracy, all of it, if you just took everything, all the knowledge of the world, and distilled it down, you would have an understanding of magnetism and electricity and how those two forces are at play in your life is going to determine where you're at on the game board. Mm, mm-hmm. And that's what it is. So when we, when, we, when we choose the path of wholeness and invoke the frequency of wholeness, balance, spherical, contained awareness, yeah. then all of a sudden we can be operating and contributing to this collective field from a place that can truly contribute uh, something you know, meaningful and valuable and lasting. Without that, it's, it's as you said before, brother, it's as if we're, you know, peering into a, a window into this virtual fake matrix, talking about people's gardens over there going, hey, you, sh- you should take care of your garden. While meanwhile, the weeds are overgrown, haven't swept the temple in days, and we, we don't even have any food growing for our family and our people. Like, so, so there's nothing we have to say out here that is actually going to contribute anything yeah. of value. Right. Until we truly embody and take care of and become representatives of wholeness. And the way to do that is to curl back in, <laughs> really inquire, what is my behavioral intelligence? What is the state and the condition of my heart today? How could I be an authentic communicator from that space? So that's what it is. Mm. Very, very beautifully said. Um, <clears throat> this this idea of domestication comes up for me very strongly. This is something that I've been speaking about in, in this idea of human domestication as a byproduct of animal domestication, monocrop plant domestication, factory farming of both animals and plants, um, the demineralization of the soil, um, all the different atrocities and offenses that have happened not only to the planet, but the, but the living sentient creatures and the non-sentient creatures yet living still, um, i.e. plants and all those other creatures, fungi, those kind of things, um, all the, the ecosystem that eventually makes up the biosphere that you've talked about that has been weaponized and is in process of being weaponized fully. Um, I think about all this, and then I think about us. I think about our part on the the cosmic chessboard, the game board, and the situation that we've been placed into. And I really want people to take in this idea that we are a domesticated species. We have become a domesticated version of our wild, indigenous, aboriginal, liberated self, if you want to say that. Let's just say our, 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 our wild self, our natural self. And so... I, I have felt through the directive of my work in the natural nutrition world, the whole directive has always been about getting back to nature, selecting the food practices that are going to take you back to nature because ultimately everything is an abstraction of reality. Everything is just some abstraction of the mind. It's just some abacus diet on the, on the bookshelf. It's just some other iteration of something that ultimately doesn't really make any sense, but it makes money. And that's, that's the game, right? So what we're trying to do is we're trying to reintegrate 
or at least reestablish some sort of connection and semblance of sensibility, which comes from connecting with nature. And I think there's two parts of this. There's connecting with the actual mother, the motherboard of the planet, right? Connecting with the mother um, and developing a relationship with it, a heartfelt relationship with our mother. And the parables and, and analogies and metaphors are endless here. Um, Father sky, father son, hydrogen, mother earth, oxygen. I mean, it just, it just, it, it's an endless metaphor, but just the simplicity of that is like obviously connecting with nature so we can actually get back to what that feels like. We're, get, to clean or to heal that primordial archetypal wound that I think most of us feel, especially in the conchi culture, the conscious culture, if you will, the spiritual orientated cultures um, that do have an ethic around health and well-being and, and healing and all these other different, you know, aspects, right? Um, to keep mm -hmm. it short and sweet. And then the other, and then the other, the other directive, which is in parallel to that is connecting with our own inherent nature. What does it mean to be human being? In other words, this has been a thought process of mine. As you know, we talked about this the other day. I've made a massive dietary shift and I've changed a 11 year whole, you know, um, uh, my entire dietary shift from being a, a vegan, vegetarian, raw foodist, all that, and started incorporating more animal foods. And this isn't about that, but this led me to re-entertaining through my own direct experience of what it felt like in my body to feel a little bit more human, to get off this almost mm. transhuman kind of weird thing that now I'm seeing in that particular world. I, we don't have to go into, I could do a whole podcast. I probably will do a whole podcast just on that topic as it relates to our food choices and some of the, the ideas that maybe we've had that are more trends than they are natural inclinations. But that aside, my direct experience has, is revealed to me that there's more for me to learn and to feel in terms of what it feels like to be an ancestral connected human being. In other words, connecting to the ancestors and connecting to the ancestry of the earth. So ultimately what I'm trying to, trying to tie together here is this dual directive of connecting back to nature and connecting back to our nature so we don't slip off the slippery slope into some kind of transhumanistic dystopic reality that we don't even realize how close we are to it because we've been so domesticated that our, all of our implanted ideas this goes back to like are your thoughts really yours you brought this up well, you would know if they were, if you knew that you were a fully functional, fully, uh, a, a full human being. But how many people in their heart of hearts know what being a human really feels like and really is um, top to bottom? So these are just some ideas I want to put out there and some things that I've been really meditating on through my own direct experience and something I, I would really hope that people would start considering and stop taking at face value of like, oh, I'm a human. It's like, well, look, I got this aura ring on. That's, that's not exactly transhumanism, but I am connected to the feedback that it gives me on my iPhone. The iPhone in of itself is an extension 
that I'm, my consciousness is connected to, that I can deal with, that I have consent to, that's fine. When you start talking about injectable micro trips or whatever black magic, heinous chemicals injected into some kind of syringe, or it gets beyond that where I'm giving up some sort of my autonomy to technology for whatever the payoff they're trying to tell you is, I do not consent like you said, but in order for me to know not to consent, I would have to know what the alternative is. That's it. That's it, brother. And I'm so grateful you, you, you nailed it and you named the, the button at the center. The center is what, it, it's, it's one thing to know what we do not consent to. It's one thing to know, hey, I don't, I don't want that. And whoa, this, we're feeling almost like as a species, some of us bum rushed by these like multiple onslaughts of technologies from so many different angles that it, you know, it, can, it can feel very overwhelming. So again, the button at the center of it all is, well, what are you choosing? What are you saying yes to? What is your yes? What is your core? Your core resonance that you are voicing into the world that you are, that you are speaking. Many perhaps don't know what that is. I, I am uh, really grateful to share and just like a, as a quick high five segue, I just want to share that um, I have a dear friend named Marius Stark, who's an incredible artist, who is, um, you know, one of, just a songbird and a, and a magician in her own right and a, and a priestess of sound. Um, you know, she's worked with me in, in years past in some of my vocal empowerment master classes, and, and we've done one-on-one -on -one training together. And, I, and so we've, we're, we're colleagues in this, in this field of um, exploring the power of the voice as a tool to navigate and, and actual, um, actually modulate reality through, through the voice, right? Um, whether we are you know, speaking to it from a, a shamanic level of healing and, and using the voice as a tool of healing and self-transformation or, or even more almost like a technology as a, as a means to, to help navigate and shape reality and craft reality or as even just a tool of, of pleasure and fulfillment and joy to get into this feeling of, of empowerment through using our voice and, and freeing up and opening our, our, our vocal you know, throat chakra as a means to speak the truth with greater clarity and, and consistency and coherence in our life and in our relationships. So Mari and I have started um, uh, collaborating in this last few months we've been developing a course that's just about to launch so I just wanted to share with you guys because for those of you who are jumping on here um, in nine days time today's May 1st so it's gonna be um, May 10th uh, we're going live with uh, with this six-week online course and it's called vocal core resonance so it just comes to, to mind because of what we're speaking about here that this is not just like an extracurricular activity for, for those of us who are on the front lines, which we all are at this time, if we choose to be, if we're showing up as a human being on this planet, you're on the front lines because you, you literally are a seed pod and a potential imaginal cell, if you will, of consciousness that can help to steer the collective body home. And, um, and how do you find home? You have to navigate and find your center. So the, the core, uh, expression of a song or an idea or a speech or a um, let's just stick with that stick with that alone and even an idea the core frequency of an idea 
is so powerful. But if it's one degree off from your own integrity, if it's influenced by something you heard on TV or something you watched when you were a little kid or a horror movie and a scary image in your head and that you're reacting to out of fear and that is what sparks this new idea, then it's going to be in a way poisoned uh, and not carry the potency of the, the, the purity of your soul's vision. If we're, if we're reactive, we're not going to be potent as a people. I, I, re, I just wonder, want to say that again because I think it's so crucial at this time. If we're reacting, we're not going to be potent as a people. Uh, if we're responding from a place of bringing forth our core resonant contribution to the moment that is sourced from a, from a place of wholeness, presence, balance, connectedness, then this is a very... Um, different kind of contribution that we can make from that space. And so, um, yeah, I just want to invite you all, for those of you who are listening, if, if this, this frequency of this conversation is speaking to you and sparking something for you and you want to dig deeper and get into the dojo with us to actually, you know, develop some tools and some, some core, not just practices as like, oh, that'll be nice to do some practices, but actually core modes of behavioral technology that can help us navigate through this time in a good way, please come join us. Um, all the information's on my web, uh, or my, my Facebook page for that, so you can scroll down and find the event there, and we can maybe even post it in the comments of this, of this chat. But I did wanna just give a shout out, since we are about to actually dive into a container that is, that is literally designed for this moment, for those of us as leaders who are called to use our voices in, in a good way, in a way that is, um, you know, as, assisting others to find their voices because that to me that is the only kind of teacher I want to hang out with I'm not interested in hanging out with teachers or speakers or thought leaders that are about this electrical discharge of, of Splattering their opinion all over the place and shaming others who don't share that opinion I, I could care less about that to be quite honest I'm here to work with and collaborate with leaders of thought of heart-centeredness and of the arts and the finest representatives of technology, science, movement, embodiment, health, well-being. This is the band of light, and this is, this is who we are as a community. We're gathering the finest representatives of all of the areas of, of, of these, of these um, components of what the New Earth communities will become, mm -hmm. to be able to share information, share resources, and share uh, experiences with each other that help lead us home to our inmost self. Because it's only from here that we're gonna be able to make the world a brighter place and, and actually steer this, this mothership in the direction uh, that is of benefit to all beings. And so mm -hmm. that's what it is. Mm. Beautiful, beautiful. I'm glad that we can share that with everyone. And that's, that's definitely, I mean, that sounds like something right up my alley and uh, vocal empowerment is something that you do um, you're probably the best in the world as far as I know. You may not agree with that, but from my, my intuitive understanding of, of who you are and what you are and just my, my experience of working with you in that department for a week in Costa Rica, um, it's definitely beyond anything I've ever experienced. And, and I know a lot of the same incredible musicians that you know as well in our mutual community, especially in Southern California. And um, you, just, you just have always had a very special note that you've carried in my uh my holographic field to say the least 
and it's left an it's left an imprint that's very empowering and it goes far beyond just music right like i'm not a musician i have incredible love for music but that wasn't the instrument that i was i was born with so to speak that wasn't the 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 thing i was meant to do i was meant to admire the music and let it move me but my gifts are a little bit different in a different department right but i still I still gain the benefit of that right. in what I do. And that's what I think is really interesting. So I want to, um, I want to just kind of piggyback on that and let everyone know that that information that Elijah just mentioned, if you're watching on Facebook, then that's in the comments below. Um, I think your, your uh, collaborator, your partner that you just mentioned, she just laid that out for you. So th those resources are there. And um, yeah. <clears throat> Great. Shout out to Maria and shout out to, uh, to the whole team that's helping to hold this container and has built a dojo for, for um, you know, our friends and, and community members to step into to really um, access the next level of our mastery together. So yeah, it'll be an honor to, to work with you all, those of you who are called into the space. Uh, and those of you who are, who are just chilling, good where you are, or just barely getting by and feel like you're just kind of keeping your head above the water. Just know that in this time, you're not alone. You know, there, there is a, a real, um, again, you know, one of the, one of the, the most powerful reasons I, I feel to keep emphasizing and, um, and naming heart centeredness and, and, and living a love centered life, moving from a place of, um, you know, what we've referred to as behavioral intelligence. This is, um, this is key, you know, for these times because it, it immediately allows us to access a place where we're not alone. We are in, we are truly in this together, not because we're being told that we are, because it's the difference when somebody's telling you something. Like how many times, you know, out there, have you, have you ever felt like somebody's just talking at you, they're telling you something, but you can't, like, can't connect to like it. Like 99% of it. the, There's no, yeah, it's like 99% of the people I had to right. surround myself with in the vegan community <laughs> as an example, right. which I'm dealing with right now. So right. <laughs> yeah. And, and it, and it's so true in, in, in just about every, um, every fold of, of society, every conversation, every topic that we could look at together. Cause let's face it, we could, we could be talking about anything. There's mm -hmm. a lot of talking mm -hmm. happening. Mm -hmm. But what I find is, is empowering for me is when I feel drawn in and like there is a sense of connection and shared resonance and a, and a humility that allows for us to actually transmit and connect to something as humans together. And that humility and that, um, Again, that heart-centeredness, it trumps all the other available frequencies out there because, um, you know, if I could actually just, just offer something I was contemplating this morning, um, I, was, I was thinking about our conversation, but not just thinking about it, I was in a space of contemplation and I was doing my spherical warm-ups, you know, which we are going to teach in this course, but I was doing my spherical exploration and doing my toning. And, I, and as I do, I, I, I travel throughout my day to these different points of reference in the day ahead, almost kind of like pre-paving, like, like deciding in advance how I want to feel about mm. something before I even mm. get there. Mm -hmm. it's, 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 a, it's a shamanic technique, but it is also, um, uh, it's, a, it's the doorway to time traveling. We'll, we'll get into that some other time, but it's basically a, a, a 
an access point that I, I, I practice every day to go ahead and, and kind of claim the, the time and the space that I'm about to step into by choosing the frequency I want to bring right. to it, which if, right, if that right. choice is from mm. a very basic and simple, childlike, innocent um, <coughs> proclamation of being heart-centered or being in my joy or being present or being compassionate when I arrive there. If I decide that in advance, then when I get to that situation, even though it's going to throw all sorts of things, like we had no idea where this conversation was going to go, but mm -hmm. I came here earlier this morning and decided the qualities I want to bring to the table. Uh -huh. And those qualities then become um, navigational beacons to allow for the conversation to unfold in, in the most coherent way possible. I noticed that the times where I don't do that, um, I'm far less coherent. Oftentimes I'm, I'm, I'm kind of just feel like I'm responding or reacting to things rather than feeling like I'm, I'm centered. And again, in the, in the captain's seat of my mothership flying with you, you know, mm -hmm. like navigating together. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the reason I wanted to bring that up is because this morning I was actually contemplating ego. I was contemplating this concept of, 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 um, this quality of this, this mask that often um, will be the driver rather than the observer or um, a tool, which is what it's designed to be. It's designed to be a, a tool to allow us to, um, you know, well, I mean, ultimately, it's like the, the ego is a tool that, that tells us when something is too hot and we take our hand away and we don't put our hand back there or to not walk up a cliff and to basically like, you know, guard and protect the physical functions of the body, right? And at the same time, um, without the, uh, the, mm, the guidance system of the energetic and spiritual uh, awareness of our higher self, our soul, uh, the ego is is like a child, right? Um, yes. That that is, will throw tantrums and drive our car off a cliff, you know. Um, so basically, what I'm getting at is that even in this conversation, I've been tracking as as an experiment how much or how little ego to 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 allow to infuse my behavioral set in order to maintain optimal balance. And the reason I'm sharing this, I want to just name it and point to it is because I just recently watched uh, a few different kinds of interviews with a virologist. Mm -hmm. You know, you got um, some of these amazing doctors that are speaking out and, and a lot of people are under fire right now. So this is what totally. we need to understand is that we have people are under attack. If they're speaking the truth, you can bet they've got, thousands of people hating on them right now we we had a protest that i i i, I could have been at today I, I chose to be here instead but there's a, a you know protest down in um in lahui and on the mm -hmm. island of Kauai mm -hmm. that basically was people coming together out in the streets to hey let's open the world back up right so there's a lot of right. a lot of these um kinds right. of demonstrations happening right now Mm -hmm. uh, and, and so that's true for some people, but then you have other people attacking and, and, and even with, with great malice and, and violence yes. in their, in their words, um, you know, judging those people who <laughs> yeah. are having this very real experience. So then 
this is creating a very interesting weaponized environment. Now, the reason I'm, I just wanted to name a few of these things before I get to the point of what I'm saying here is that mm -hmm. with, what I'm noticing is that there's a lot of speakers, a lot of thought leaders, a lot of um, people who are uh, in the firing lines. You have to understand something. To get up and speak in front of people takes a lot of courage for anyone. Mm -hmm. for, just think about your inner child for a minute. How does your inner little girl or little boy feel about standing up on stage in front of the whole school and speaking your truth, especially if you know the authorities and your teachers and your principal won't like it and you probably will get in trouble, probably might even be thrown out of school. Think how much courage that takes to do that, Yeah. right? So we have people literally standing up right now, speaking their truth, even if their voice shakes or a little bit. And so what is the counterbalance for that? Oftentimes it's ego. Oftentimes mm -hmm. you have to have a little bit of a thick, you know, you gotta put on your suit and just get up there and like, this is what it is and this is what it's gonna be and I'm telling you the truth right now and this is bullshit and this is right. illusion and right. you gotta right. kind of warrior up a little bit, right? To, to, to deliver the message, but not too much. Because mm. here's the thing, if it starts, if it feels ego driven, you lose the people. You, you lose a sense of trust because it's being delivered through a lens that is um, overindulgent in this know-it-all, like I'm, I'm telling you the truth. And, they, and so I, I, read a, I read a a quote from a friend the other day who said, if you are telling me that something is true and you know for sure that it's true, I'm not going to trust you. And I thought, whoa, what an interesting, she, she said that to somebody else. And I just read it online, you know, as we do, we're peering into all kinds of conversations mm. that are happening. And I, I noticed in the thread that I'm a part of, somebody mentioned this. She said, I, I don't, I inherently won't even trust you if you come across like you think you know for sure, because there is a certain kind of humility mm. required in a time like this where so much information is, is coming out, so many opinions are coming out, but more importantly, actual real truth is being revealed. But in order to navigate through the minefield of opinions and, and uh, another um, you know, act attribute that I feel is, is going to be much more successful way to communicate your truth. And I'm talking to you who's listening right now, as well as you, Ronnie, as well as me, <laughs> that, that what's going to be really successful uh, in the long run is to, to become um, um, almost in a, like a master tracker of yourself, your, your systems, yeah. the different behavioral systems, that your different emotional um, charges and the chemical uh, reactions taking place as you're delivering something and really just to simplify it just notice how much ego is at play so I could get I could like put on a little bit more ego to, to give me some confidence and just be like this is what it is right this is what it is and there's no room for you to get to me and tell me because you have mm -hmm. to in a way power up because of all the haters so that, so ego is kind of oh, yeah. needed to get yeah, out yeah. there it's, but it's, at the same time too much of it will make you actually lose trust in the people that are listening to you because you're so where is the sweet spot? That's the real question for me. Yeah. yeah. Balance, wholeness, centeredness, mm. occupancy. Their ego is not a bad thing. It is needed to, to develop the courage to stand and speak your truth powerfully, but it, it is not meant to be the driver. So anyway, yes. that was a yeah, lot of talking, yeah, yeah. but I do want to just mention that. That, I mean, that's brilliant. That's such an important point just in life and overall, and especially in these times as you're navigating through the, the transition turbulence. That's what I call it. I call this transition turbulence 
And uh, what are we transitioning to? We don't really know, but we know we're not going back to what we were at, which I think, you know, you could celebrate that, you know, that could be worth celebrating. Um, but then there's this whole kind of paranoid um, uh, attitude of like, well, we don't know what that is. And it doesn't look like we're going anywhere good. So it must be worse than what it was. Um, I don't, I personally don't buy into that in, instinctually, intuitively. I don't feel like that's the true at all. I do know that we're crossing a bit bridge and where we're going, we haven't been. So it, it's a little scary and it's, it's the unknown and it's uncertainty. Mm -hmm. So those feelings of trepidation and fear and, and all that stuff, that's natural. That's nor that's, that's totally to be expected. That's okay. Um, I think what you brought up about the ego is really important because, you know, it's not about getting rid of the ego. It's just, that's another way to wound yourself, right? To, to self-inflict this, this almost like an anti-humanism kind of thing. Like, you know, it's just another way to inflict wounding upon ourselves. We don't need to do that. We need to heal the ego. It's like, would you kick a dog? We, we've made that metaphor so many times about the ego being like the dog. Are you going to go beat a dog? No, you're going to love the dog. You're going to feed the dog. You're going to, you're going to nurse the dog back to good health. Well, what if we did that with ourselves? I mean, you know, goodness gracious, I'm just getting that for myself on another level of like, you know what? I've done a lot of stimulants in different times. I've done a lot of different things that may have weakened my body and my, my reserves. And now I'm in a recovery phase you know, partially recovering from veganism, I've <laughs> brought up a few times, so it's clearly on top of my mind. Um, but also that brought up another, <laughs> we can, we could both laugh about that, but, I, but that brought up a bigger point, which is that I'm just in a recovery process of being a human who's experimented with just life, right? And who's experimented with all the best intentions. And I think we, we all, we, we're all in that place one way or another, right? We're all recovering from life in one shape or form or another. And if we could just be more gentle with ourselves, but also the, you brought this up and I just want to speak to this real quick. The, there's a, there's a, there's a nuance between being gentle and compassionate with ourselves, but also not negotiating with ourselves at the same time. And I think that part gets lost, right? Like, Oh, okay. I'm just going to be gentle. Okay. I'll do the thing that I don't really want to do. I'll do the thing that I'll just veg out on the couch. I'll just mm -hmm. be passive because you know what? I'm just going to be gentle with myself, right? I'm just going to be compassionate. So I'll have the, the, the thing that I'm trying not to do because I know ultimately it's not actually good for me, but that's my coping mechanism of choice. So that's my idea of being compassionate. And I think there, there's a nuance there, right? Where it's like, that may or may not actually be what we're talking about. It may actually be that you're gentle with yourself, but you also have to stay vigilant and disciplined with yourself at the same time. Um, you know, in what self are we talking about? The lowercase self or the capital self? So I just want I just wanted to throw that in there too. That came up strongly for me as you brought that up. I think this is a, there's a need for self-discipline. And I don't think self-discipline has to be deprecation. And I don't think it's a bad thing. I think it's, a, it's, it's, also, it's the ultimate act of self-love is self-discipline. That's my feeling. Mm. For sure. Because, I mean, if you look at the word discipline, it, it has disciple 
in it, right? So to become a, a disciple of the master within is to enter a, a frequency of discipline, right? To, to be a disciple of, of the wisdom stream of your higher self is to, to basically to, to, be, to be in service to, to, what, to that which is below the surface, to, to actually serve your purpose, right? And your purpose is a, is a, is a frequency. It's, a, it's a, an available radio station. And if, if we all could take our, our, our hand and physically put it on the dial of our heart and choose today to dial our, our radio station to the bandwidth of the presence that we are, the soul, the, the actual you know, infinite intelligence of the creator. That's what we call being in the band of light. You know, that's what we call being connected to this, this field of photons that is, mm-hmm. has such a vast capacity to draw any information that we need to, to, to di- discern and determine um, through energetic um, sensitivity the, the, you know, the, the state of another or even the planet and, and how we can contribute to it in a meaningful way. This is, this is done through such a subtle, um, you know, layered cake of, of responses and systems that we have naturally inherent in, in, our, in our being, in our bio body suit. And yet you raised a really important point there, which is um, those systems are, are as meaningless as a Ferrari that's, that's only being driven to 7-Eleven and back to get, you know, a six pack of beer. And when that Ferrari is designed, you know, to, to the systems are not being utilized. Right. So in a way, like most of us are, we're not utilizing the systems. We're just barely scratching the surface of what can even happen in these bodies. And, and as a, you know, a fellow, you know, pioneer of embodiments. You know, I know you've been you've been teaching and and exploring and studying, you know, physical health, physical well being. As a martial artist, I I share the the passion with you, brother, to you know to understand what these physical bio body suits are capable of, and to and to you know, th- there's been this term that's been popularized, like to hack hack the body, hack the brain, hack. You know, everything is about computerized oh, oh, techno- technological oh, yeah. transhumanist <laughs> speak now and i don't i don't i do not consent to this i man, do not but consent I do, to that either i do appreciate no I, but i do appreciate the the desire to optimize to to right. explore what is possible in our humanity how can we experience the peak states of vitality intelligence um sensitivity you know, uh, and, and the, this ability to, to, you know, really become superhuman. This, is, this has been kind of laid out to us in the media as, mm-hmm. oh, the way to attain this is basically to integrate with technology. Uh-huh. I, I do not believe this is true uh, as, as a singular path. They want us to think this is the only choice. You, you got to merge with AI or that's it. They provided the, the track for us and like, here is your two choices. You're either going like, to taken over by ai and you know listen to elon musk's last couple of years of lectures it's yeah. it's astounding to me that people are okay with this and at the same time it's it's revealing something and that and i feel in that revelation we're being given a choice to 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 draw back our our you know our attachments to to the screen and what we're seeing on the media what we see on our facebook feed as though that is what's true when it's a literal dream within a dream it is a matrix Mm, mm -hmm. 
So to put your feet on the earth, to go jump in the ocean, to talk to a friend, to look into the eyes of a child, you have access to a whole, a whole more vast array of choice points and, and, and timelines and information that, that you can add to your navigation at this time. And I would highly suggest for those of you, uh, after watching this, um, this podcast, to turn off your device for a while, go look at a human being in the eye, or go, go look at yourself in the mirror if you're the only one around and just spend at least 10, 20 minutes looking into actual human eyes because we spend more time looking into a screen than we do other human beings' eyes. Wow. And this is having a detrimental effect on our ability to navigate reality. Mm. And, and reality is not, uh, not what it used to be because of, of how deeply plugged in we are to these electrical uh, devices. So, but just one more piece I want to say about the body, brother, yeah, yeah. is that I feel extra passionate right now to, to just name and celebrate um, the body because it, I feel something I've not really been forthright in sharing with the world and with many of my friends and family and, and fans and band members is, is how, um, how long it's actually really taken me for, for me to, to be in my body, mm. to really become a trustable tenant and an and, and actual and occupied embodied individual that, that is accountable. And it's taken me a long time to get here. And I, and I just want to name that, you know, I, I feel, um, you know, the, it's been a couple of years now of, of, of grieving through the, the fallout wow. that has occurred due to not being fully in my body, due, yeah. due to being kind of one foot in and one foot out of this world, because frankly, this world has been a painful place to exist in, has it not? It's been a very challenging and confusing place for many of us who came here um, as answers to prayers, as star mm -hmm. seeds, as souls that have arrived on the shores of the planet at this moment in time as a direct response to prayers that our ancestors were crying to the skies for. And here we are, and we've arrived. And we've arrived into a point of, of, of reference where we were told to get a job and just get into line and, and fall into the folds of the dream spell that our parents and our parents' parents and our grand, great-grandparents have fallen into, which is slavery. And we are here to, to literally pop open this, this realm, to actually remember, to bust the system of this electrical grid, to remember our magnetic majesty, which is magic, which is the Magdalene, mm. which is the feminine. Mm -hmm. This is the feminine rising that everyone's talking about, but it's not limited to hot babes on Instagram, you know, <laughs> dancing. This is an actual yeah. frequency yeah. that is rising in all of us. And, and to, to, to just, um, you know, wow. put to kind of make it a surface level thing is, is, uh, is a joke because the actual, the frequency of the true protectors of the Magdalene, the protectors of magnetism, to be a protector of the Magdalene or a, an embodiment of the Magdalene is to align with magnetic energy. That's what it is. So, so realize that if you are holding the sword, you can channel lightning. You are an electrical keeper of the L, but the guardians of the magnetic, the Magdalene is to be a guardian of the portal of life itself. And be rest assured, it is under attack right now. Yes. Now, 
if life itself as a code, as, the, as like DNA, as if we go down to that level of, of biological um, processes that are happening right now, in, in, and, and again, I am speaking to nanotechnologies, I am speaking to the, the mechanical machinations of this distorted mindset that, has, that seeks to control and understand life. It's not meant to be understood. It's not meant to be controlled. You can't. They're trying. They're, they're pouring trillions and trillions of dollars into colliding particles at CERN right now and creating more dark matter mm. and uh, creating world simulations at DARPA to clone and track every human being on the planet in a digital Sims-like simulation so that they can reverse the brainwave states and influence and, and manipulate the behavioral patterns of humans. If you don't think these kinds of things are happening to all of us right now, you need to do a little more, more research and wake up to the fact that we are in um, an, an incredible new frontier where life itself is being attempted to be hacked, manipulated, and, and, um, uh, and controlled by a very, a very small group of individuals. Well, I have some news to share. Um, it is, um, they have mistaken life. They've also, uh, for the, those of you who are working on those programs, if you're behind the screens right now, <laughs> how's it going, brother? How's it going, sister? You might want to rethink your, your occupation because it's, it's not going to go well. Um, because basically, if you try to control life itself, if you try to um, put a leash on magnetic energy, you will, soon, you will soon learn these forces have been here much longer than you. That's right. The forces that we're speaking to have been... <laughs> They, they've literally created the conditions for you and your master and your master's master and even the energetic archons that you all serve and these weird mm. demonic entities. They, even they are included That's in right. this fabric of these forces of nature, natural energy that was birthed from the creator's heart and vision long before you got here. Mm -hmm. So do you think you're going to put a leash around that and try to control that and and like drop some smart dust around the planet and try to turn all these human beings into computers. Sorry, it's not yeah. gonna work. You can try, it, 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 it looks pretty dire at the moment. I, I'll give you that. You, you've almost one-upped, you know, all, all of the, um, you know, the intelligent and, and, and heartfelt earth-based people. It seems like you got the best of them for a little while, but I am, uh, I am gently and kind of, um, facetiously calling out mm -hmm. uh, those who would do ill to the planet and to life that um, you, you have a period of time to rethink your occupation and to align with life be, or life will surely swallow you because that's how it works. If you coagulate uh, and you try to cluster in a bloodstream, it's going to flow around you. Creation will flow around you and, and it really does not, you know, does not care in the feeling sense. Oh, let's just worry about the feelings of these demonic control. No, Nobody. life will flow around you <laughs> and it'll find a way to thrive. So either get with life or, um, you know, enjoy the ride as you are, you know, recapitulated and turn back into stardust to start your evolutionary journey from zero, which is what will happen to a lot of these folks. So wow. that all being said, I just yeah. want to share a little bit of hopefulness Good. and that there is you know, in the grand scheme of things, um, when you feel, you know, because I mean, I, I, I want to, I want to be present and, 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 um, and sensitive to the fear that is being felt to the, to the 
challenges that are being felt. I'm so sensitive to the cries of children right now, to those who are, who are just reaching for any taste of sanity, for even a, whether it be food or whether it be love or attention or affection or to those who are experiencing the, the worst horrors right now. It, it's, it's taken years and years and years for me to truly come all the way into my body and become present enough and, and actually care enough about life that I could show up and be here in my body to face mm. the darkest of the dark and to see with eyes that do not waver even if, I'm, if I am facing my greatest fears. Mm. Now, the, the good news is that those of us who have been doing the work to arrive at a point where we can stand together and not waver in our choice to, to hold vigil for life itself. This is our time. This is the time we were designed for. And, and so may we keep a, a lightness of being about us, even as we lean into these, these dark times together, because we, we will make the world a brighter place mm. through living a love-centered life, through, through being centered in our heart, through maintaining a, a sense of presence and magnetism and availability and, and a sense of listening to each other um, and allowing for the spaciousness of interactions to occur, you know, rather than just talking over each other and trying to get our point across, you know, this, mm. we're, be, we're being shown that everybody's learning that as a method of communication. And it's not, it's not, that's not sustainable. Yeah. That's the electrical, um, and, you know, overstimulated distortion that is teaching us to communicate like that. And I, yeah. I, I do not, I do not agree with that style or that method of communication as a means to find solutions. I yeah. find that these kinds of conversations that allow for these spacious explorations and, and a willingness to even surrender our own position if, if given information and updated um, integrated wisdom streams that allow us to like instantly change our view and re reorient ourselves to the new moment. This kinds of sensitivity and and openness and the ability to say, um, hey, I was wrong a few days ago when I, when I was you know, speaking this out or I shared this message or I told you guys this was true. If you, can, if you can reorient yourself every day and every couple of breaths and just keep yourself as porous and as, as holy, <laughs> right, full of holes and, and porousness to be able to, to stay magnetically available, you're gonna go a long way with your message. Mm -hmm. But those who, uh, doubled and tripled down on their on their data after we found out it's been proven wrong yes. like let's like yes. the cdc models for this whole pandemic let's just get real guys all yeah. the models have been proven wrong and anyone who's still trying to double down and say it's you know hold to their position it's because it's ego it's trying all. to hold on to a position of being right about something rather than navigating and, and humbly um, accepting that we're learning a lot of, of new uh, layers to the story. And so, yeah. you know, may we continue to humble ourselves and, and just stay in the pocket as we unpack this thing together because we all need each other and we all need mm. um, each other's perspectives to really get a, a you know, a wholeness kind of a, a gauge on what's really going down. Mm. I can only see what I can see and you can see what you can see and, yeah. and yet together we can we can create a whole picture. So, uh, so anyway, I want to thank you, brother, for having me on. I know 
uh, we've taken up some time, so I just want to check in and, and see how you're doing with yeah, brother. the container. Then. Yeah, man, the container is the best ever. Um, we're just hitting the two-hour mark, so I think this is the perfect moment to conclude. And speaking of visibility, I'm going to catch the sunset in the Red Rocks over here in Sedona. And um, man, what an incredible conversation. There's so many things even within that download that I could piggyback on and, and, and continue to elaborate with you. 100% um, agreed, all the abstractions and aberrations of the mind and all of its fantastical little rabbit holes and the bottomless rabbit holes, mind you, that it can go into, those are all great and valid and mostly used for entertainment purposes. So while we're all here on the ground with our feet on the ground in our own unique reality, um, let's just maintain visibility of what's right in front of us as individuals. And then, as you said, we can put the pieces together, but ultimately life is going to do what it's going to do. That's my faith. That is my, that is my trust. Because if I can't trust in that, then if it's all up to me, then we're, we're screwed. I'll just say that right now. So I'm, <laughs> so I got to put that faith into the creator that birthed me, that birthed you, that birthed this whole thing. And I, I like, I love the way that you said it and I love how, what you spoke to and, um, and it was just magnificent. So I, I really appreciate having you on. I'm glad we finally did this and, uh, yeah, brother, just really, really good. Thank you. Yeah. It's an honor to, to be here with you and share in this conversation. And I give thanks for the, you know, the wisdom that, as you said, is sourced from beyond us and yet includes us because it, it's, right. it is a choice to. And it, and it takes a lot of work to, to refine the instrument to a point where it can um, deliver the great music, uh, and even in the form of a conversation like this. So thank you for your work, brother, and your dedication to the path. And uh, really appreciate you making space for us to share today. My pleasure. All right, everyone. Thank you again for tuning in. Much love and aloha and enjoy your life. Aloha. <laughs>